Welcome to the Hope Elam Podcast. We are a diverse church in the heart of Des Moines, seeking to bring God's kingdom as we live more like Jesus. We hope that what you're about to hear points you to Jesus Christ. Know that we're praying for you and look forward to connecting with you soon. Mother's Day, Hope Elam. To those joining us online, Happy Mother's Day, and to those in the room, Happy Mother's Day. My name is Tiffany Annenson, and I happen to be on staff here in a few different capacities. And we have the lovely, my friend Bonnie, who will be joining me this morning as well. And we're going to dive into Proverbs 31. And before we do that, though, I would be remiss if I didn't declare Happy Mother's Day to all of the ways that several of us are moms. Happy Mother's Day to the moms with the littlest ones. Happy Mother's Day to the moms with adult children. Happy Mother's Day to adoptive moms, to foster moms, to dog moms, to bonus moms to moms that you don't even realize that you are a motherly figure in someone else's life. Happy Mother's Day to you. But I would also be remiss if I were to communicate solely Happy Mother's Day. Because for some of us walking in here, it's on the tip of your heart that this is the first Mother's Day without your mom. Or maybe it's still on the tip of your heart and that's okay because your mom is no longer on earth with you and it's been 20 years. Happy Mother's Day to no matter where you're at in that feeling and that emotion. And as a church, we invite you to sit in that. We encourage you to take that to the Lord. Invite friends with you and see what God has to say this morning. Maybe you have a broken motherly relationship. Maybe you desire to have kids and all of those things and in between, we do still say Happy Mother's Day because in the midst of all of those different stories, the things that maybe you would say are joy-filled or the things that you would say are hard, no matter the story, we still see a glimpse of God in all of them. Our identity is in God And therefore, all of our storylines have glimpses of God in whatever your motherly story looks like. But no matter where you are at in that, we we also know that there are beautiful stories like what we just saw that brings us to tears thanks to Hallmark, right? We also got great stories if you're here at the very beginning. We had some of our own Hope Elam kiddos sharing what they love about their moms as well. And there's a reason, if you saw that, it'll also be playing at the end, so stick around at the end if you want some extra joy in your heart today with kiddos. I didn't have my own kids in it for a reason. So every birthday, my husband John, he does this lovely thing where he, um, <laughs> he does these little like video snippets of our kiddos. And it's like, hey, what do you love about your mom? Tell her happy birthday. And I have a nine-year-old boy named Caleb, a nine-year-old son named Caleb, and we have a six-year-old, almost seven-year-old, I should probably say almost 16-year-old daughter named Everly. And Everly is a lot like me, uh, and she tells the truth, sometimes frank. And so in this video, she starts off by saying, my mom's brave, and I love her. I love it that she plays with me. I love it that she sings and plays the piano at bedtime to me. And then she pauses and she says, but really, mom is obnoxious. (laughs) And we in our household teach our kiddos like bigger words, like that's just a part of what we do. And at age four, she's saying this, so it actually really sounded like obnoxious. And I could choose two different things in that. I can choose to see it from a heart of a little girl that loves me and she's saying, I think that this word means she's silly and maybe mommy embarrasses me sometimes. 
but she still is joy-filled. Or I can choose an identity that I've put on myself and say, yeah, I am loud. I should probably soften down. Or I am too much, because that's a lie that I've believed during different seasons of my life. And where God is at in that, God has to be in the center of my heart. We take this amazing video that's all pat on the back worthy things and just gets you right in the end, right? But if I choose to have God at the center, my identity is lined and rooted up with who he says I am. And we, we have to get to that place in order for us to dig into Proverbs 31 today. We have to do that because as a woman myself, when I was asked to preach today alongside Bonnie, my immediate reaction was, yes, sure, I love Bonnie, sure, I'll do that with her. And then it was said, hey, so it's going to be on Proverbs 31, and I was like, whoa, hold the phone. Like that, mm-mm, mm-mm, not going there. Like it was like a cringeworthy response. And whenever you have those feelings in your heart, it's like, Something's, something's not right. Like, Holy Spirit, please move in that. And what I found is my reaction to that is because for a lot of my life, Proverbs 31 has been damaged in my heart by very well-intentioned Christians. The phrase virtuous woman has been put up on a pedestal in some avenues and in some communities that make me just want to avoid just that chapter of scripture. Man, and that's not good. Like, God has it in the Bible for a reason. And so I had to get my heart set right with the Lord first before I can dive into hearing what he has for me in that. Without God at the center, Without God at the center of my life and of my heart and those people closest to me that support me, I'm going to read, I have the opportunity to read Proverbs 31 as (laughs) a list of to-dos. And if we see Proverbs 31 as a list of to-dos, we will constantly be suffocating with assumptions and expectations that we'll never live up to. Bonnie and I are not up here saying we are the Proverbs 31 woman. We're not saying that. Nowhere in scripture does it say, wear sparkly, amazing boots, and that makes you a Proverbs 31 woman. So when she comes up here in a minute, check out her shoes and then get back into where we're at today, right? (laughs) So if you want to, if you're able, please pull out your Bibles and open up to Proverbs 31. And as you're doing that, I'll give you a little bit of backstory. The entire book of Proverbs is wisdom literature. So it's meant to make you wise. It is, uh, all of it is really, really good and it's wise. That's why it's wisdom literature. Another thing about this book is that it's descriptive, not prescriptive, okay? So um, I could get into examples of what that would look like and how silly that would be if you read certain stories in the Bible as prescriptive prescriptive versus descriptive, etc. But descriptive means it's meant to describe something, whereas prescriptive is like, this is how it should happen. So if you read Proverbs 31 as prescriptive, you're reading, you need to go get wool, you need to save enough money to buy a vineyard, all of those things. It's not prescriptive, it's descriptive. And also, it is a mother giving advice to her son. So we're going to hop to the end of Proverbs 31 later, but right now we're going to stay right at the beginning. So if you look there at verse 1, 2, 3, 4, I think all the way up to like verse 8 or 9, it is actually a mother telling a son, kind of like, get off your high horse. Your leadership is not okay right now. And something that fascinates me and something that when I chose to dig into Proverbs 31 and chose to not see it, at face value and surface level and what people around me are telling me what Proverbs 31 is, you get into some really fascinating things. They say in Proverbs 31 that King Lemuel is actually a pen name for King Solomon. Now, that took me back. I was like, whoa, 
Oh, many biblical, biblical scholars believe that it's a pen name for King Solomon. So if it's King Solomon that's actually writing it, well, then who's King Solomon's mom? King Solomon's mom is Bathsheba. And we all know that Bathsheba lived quite the life in order for her to be the one saying, here's what a noble woman looks like, right? But God uses imperfect women to share his powerful truth. And when I know that, I read it in a different light. (laughs) Bathsheba loves her son and wants the best for him. She goes so far to say, like, your reign essentially has collapsed because of greed and lust and selfishness. And she says, choose what is righteous and holy. I could go so far to say she could be looking at her son saying, be virtuous. (laughs) Be a virtuous man. Choose what's righteous. Choose what's holy. Do that. Proverbs 31 doesn't start out with a list of to-dos. We're still at the beginning. We haven't even got to what the noble character, the virtuous woman, looks like. And so that is just fascinating. It was mind-blowing to me to realize that this week, that an imperfect woman, a mom, I am an imperfect mom myself, giving advice to my own son some days, God uses her to say, do this well. If you choose to marry, here is what to look for. Now, don't hear that wrong, me wrong. I'm not saying you've arrived if you're in a relationship. I'm not saying the only way to do fill in the blank is to be in a relationship. That's not what I'm saying, and that's not what she's saying either. Because another thing that is fascinating to me about Proverbs 31 is that it's also written in the plural form, not singular. So when you think of it in that capacity, Proverbs 31 and this mom speaking to her son or giving advice to her son, if it's plural form, that means more than one, not one woman. Therefore, this description that she's giving is in plural form. It's probably an imaginary woman in her mind saying, here are all these amazing things that women are. are, They have leadership. They're good for partnering. They have kindness. They're strong. They're dignified. Find a woman like that. She's not saying, go find out the one woman, a needle in a haystack. Go find that one. Because if we also say that this is King Solomon, we know that King Solomon's life was not that. Right? Like, I know we have Hope Elam kids in the room, so I'm going to just keep it as Solomon didn't just get to know one. Okay? So... Instead, what he chose to do was maybe find a woman for each of those characters, characteristics. And as you continue to read through scripture, you'll find that didn't work out well for him. His kingdom collapsed in lust and greed and selfishness. His mom even goes so far to say, speak for those who have no voice. And when I, when I research and read and really dig in, again, we're not to the to-do list part that we sometimes put on ourselves, right, ladies? We read the next part in a completely different light because we have paused long enough to say, who am I in you, God? It takes the pressure off. It also is fascinating to me that after she has eight verses of saying, you're not missing the mark, and here's how you can miss the mark. Right after that, she says, now if you find a woman. And what that says to me is that women, we have a vital role. We have an essential role in this society, in this community, in partnership, if that's where life brings you. There are a lot of women with a lot of different giftings. (laughs) And I just feel like as she goes into describing (laughs) what a woman can be, it gives this beautiful picture of the body of Christ and how when women play into their giftings, when they say yes to the way that God has created them to be, it creates this beautiful picture of community where men and women work alongside one another. They complement each other. They respect each other. 
And so Proverbs 31 (laughs) was written (laughs) so that when we have our identity in God, instead of reading the to-do list as God expects perfection, we instead say, God, your power is made perfect in my weakness, in my imperfection. When we go to Proverbs 31 and we read it, when our identity is outside of what God desires for us, we then can read it and saying, God, this is performance-driven. I need to live a life of performance. But instead, when we know where we've come from and who we are, we read it more like, God, I surrender my performance to you. And it's only through you, God, that I am able to do anything. So, (laughs) women have a vital role in the kingdom of God and in this. And so when we say, listen up, women, God, God is using Proverbs 31 for you. We're saying (laughs) that with God, every woman is more than capable. With God, women can play to their strengths that God has given to them and to do it with dignity. So we've, we've done the beginning of 31. Now we're going to just skip over for a second uh, the middle and head to the end of Proverbs 31. So if you want to, if your Bible's shut, open them back up and open them up to Proverbs 31 starting in verse 25. And Bonnie is going to take us on an adventure through there. Good morning, church. And to those online worshiping with us, good morning. We are so, so, so glad that you are with us. So as Miss Tiffany was sharing with you uh, today, we are talking about Proverbs 31. We are honoring the mothers today in the house. Whoop, whoop, right? But we are also talking about the virtuous woman and how we as daughters of God can take God's truth and access the practical application to our everyday lives. What good is something if we cannot practically apply it to our everyday lives? Amen? No matter what season of life we as women in this room will find ourselves in. So there may be young folks in the room. There may be single, married, no children, children, middle-aged, divorced, retired, or even grandmothers. Yes. Hi, grandson. (laughs) This passage of scripture literally carries in its seeds of encouragement, seeds of transformation, and if you will allow it, it is going to challenge your heart today to receive all that God has for you today. So I've got a question just to start us off. Has anybody come into the house of God today with a spirit of expectation? If you did, you better give God some praise. I think we need to do that one more time. Amen? Amen. Amen. Come on now. Who in the house today has a spirit of expectation? Hallelujah. God wants to know that what he's got for you, you want it. So he's looking for us to have praise in our hearts. He's looking for us to lift up his name. Amen? Hallelujah. It's it's the boots, y'all. I'm sorry. Men, let me speak to you for just a moment. I think that I can speak for all of the women today. We want to say thank you so much for the sacrifice of your rib. But I got to tell you today, even though my husband from time to time will ask for it back, I say, and all the women say, no givesies, backsies. We are not going to give your rib back, so you might as well stop asking. Amen. So listen, let's dive right into his word, into the message today. Proverbs 25, 31 is a beautiful illustration of a woman after God's own heart. And what I want to do is focus on two particular scriptures, verses 25 and 30. But before I do that, let's go ahead and take a look at uh, a definition that we would have today of a virtuous woman. 
A virtuous woman lives fully alive. She fulfills her God-ordained purpose. She is loving and compassionate. She is trustworthy and wise. She cares for and serves her family and others with her God-given gifts and talents. But most importantly, she knows God intimately as her Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and her heart strives to reflect her love for Jesus Christ in everything that she says and does. For whose glory? God's glory. For whose glory? God's glory. And not for her own. I have to tell you, I think that this uh, lady, this Proverbs 31, she is a bad mamma jamma. And guess what, ladies? This is God's desire for each and every one of you in this house today. I want all of the women, young, old, everybody, raise your hand. Wave them in the air like you just don't care. All right. He's speaking to you today. So please open up your hearts, all right? Why is this so important that we need to hear and know this? Because I'm here to tell you and hear me. From the moment that you were born, the enemy of your soul, the prince of darkness, the ruler of this world, has been out to assault your heart, to draw you away from the love of God, from the purpose of God in your life. And why is that? Because don't we know that whatever we believe and think about ourselves, come on now, amen, amen, amen. Whatever we believe and think about ourselves, what do we do? We live that out. So if you are telling yourself, I am not worthy, I am not loved, I am not enough, that is what you give to the people around you. But if you walk in victory, come on now, come on, come on, sis. Huh? If we walk and we say, you know what, I am the righteousness of Jesus Christ. I know who I am. I've got God's stamp of approval. I am who God says I am. I am loved. I am valuable. Guess what I'm going to give to you? Huh? That's what we're going to give to each other. That's why God wants us to hear what thus saith the Lord. So the assaults and the attacks begin. And what does it do? It tears at the very fabric of our soul. It diminishes our worth. It diminishes our value. The lies that we are not good enough, valuable enough, pretty enough, talented enough, whispering in our ear that things that we have done, God could not possibly forgive. But God has a different narrative. Amen? God has a different narrative to tell us about who we really are, about our value and our worth, about who he is and the plan that he has for us. See, the enemy of your soul has a plan, but God has a plan too. So if we want to live as a virtuous woman and we want to live in victory, not a victim, but in victory, if we want to be able to overcome what the world and people and all of the assaults to our heart, then we have got to allow ourselves and our hearts to be permeated with who he is. There is no other way. So ladies, daughters of God, you ready? Here's where the power shows up. As you choose to overcome the word and you turn, you turn, you turn, you turn, you turn, you turn, you turn yourself to the word of God. And you believe by faith about who God says that you are. Guess what will happen? The Holy Spirit will begin to heal your heart. Every cut. Every tear. Every rip. That the enemy has brought an assault on your heart. Guess what happens? You turn from being hurt to healed. And what the devil meant for evil. God meant for good. And why does he do that? Because he wants us to go and he wants us to reach, right? He wants us to reach out to those that are at where we used to be. This is not about us, right? As a church, God is calling us what? Come in and get your doctor. Come in and get healed, right? And then as we get healed, what does he say? Now, I need you to go back out and find those that were at where you used to be. Right? So that we can bring people in so that they can receive what it is that we have for ourselves. Ladies, the motivation, hear me, the motivation, and men too, the motivation 
of everything that we do, the works of our hands, the life-giving words that we speak, the attitude, the moral choices, everything. If you want to be graced with dignity and God's strength, your heart, my heart, our hearts must be anchored in the love of Jesus Christ. It cannot be anchored in anything else. And the more that we get to go in God, the more that we understand him, the more that he lives out his life in our lives, that anchor gets deeper and deeper. And guess what? You will walk around all day long. He is my savior. He is my protector. He is my provider. He is the lover of my soul. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. And then you know what will happen? You'll say, hey, sis, can I, can I share some good news with you? <laughs> because, ladies, we need each other. Don't we need each other? We need each other with a genuine Christ-centered love. We need to support one another, lift up one another, encourage one another. Stop tearing each other down. Stop being jealous of different gifts. Miss Tiffany talked about that every single one of us. God has gifted you in a very special and unique way, and he wants you to be used for the glory of God. So let's look at verse 25 together. I love this. The virtuous woman, she is clothed with strength and dignity, and she laughs without fear of the future. I don't know about any of you uh, ladies today, but I want to be able to laugh at the fear of the future. Because it's not easy, is it, as women, all the responsibilities that we have, all of the people that are counting on us, right, to love them and to support them. And sometimes that future and what we do not know, it's scary, right? But God wants to be able to let us be clothed with dignity and strength. Now, I got a question for you. Did any of you guys open up your closet today and you said to the hanger, oh, there's strength. Oh, I'm going to put it on. Oh, I see dignity. I'm going to go ahead and put it on. Of course not. <laughs> Of course we didn't see that. But what I love about why it's saying that, it's saying she's clothed because this is what God is talking about. It is not the outward appearance that God cares about. It is really not the outward appearance that makes a difference in the people's lives that God takes us into. What makes the difference in the lives of people is what God clothes our hearts with. Okay? So it says, when she says that she's clothed with dignity and strength, it's talking about the spiritual condition of your heart. Psalm 39.1 says this, Oh God, you have examined my heart and you know everything about me. So I'm going to tell you right now, you, you can hide from people for a time. <laughs> You know, you can, you can outwardly address and adorn yourself and be like, hey, how you doing? But bottom line is, is that God says, listen, it's about the inward condition of who we are in our heart. And God wants us in our heart, the condition of our heart, to be right. So we have to operate by faith. So that a woman, a virtuous woman, you know what happens? No matter what's happening outwardly, whatever the future is bringing, guess what? You're able to live victoriously. You are not a victim to your circumstances. God's got you. I like saying that. That's fun. Can we do that? Say it. God's got you. That's fun. <laughs> he really does. He loves you. I love what scripture says. It says, for this is the day, right? That the Lord has made. I will rejoice in it. Let's all say it. For this is the day that the Lord has made. And I will, I will rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day that everything's right. This is the day that nothing's going wrong. No, it's talking about this is the day. Sickness, this is the day. Hurt, this is the day. Struggle, this is the day. Not knowing what's happening, this is the day. This is the day that I will rejoice and be glad in it. I want to be that virtuous woman. So here's the challenge. Here's the challenge portion of the message. 
Are you all with me? Okay. If you were to take inventory of your heart, and this is to the men and the women, what fruit is flowing from your heart today? Is it his love? Is it his joy? Is it his peace? Is it his grace? Is it his forgiveness? Or, or are you allowing what has happened to you to flow out from there? Is, is anybody in the house walking around with hurt that has been untouched by God? Is anybody in the house today angry, walking in judgment, in turmoil? Well, I'm here to tell you that I was the one. When I really began to turn myself to God over the years, at age 30, I woke up, sis, and all of a sudden it was like this um, epiphany that I didn't want to feel like a curse anymore. See, I, I, because of my background and the way that I was raised, I, even at age 30, I walked around and, and, and carried myself in a certain way. But inside, I did not feel like God wanted me to feel. Is anybody in the house today? So I said, God, please, you got to help me. And see, I will tell you that when you ask something of him, he, he will do it. So I had a dream, and God showed me my heart. And it was in the form of a garden. And in that garden, there was rocks people were tripping over. <laughs> there were divots, and people were getting their ankles down in and getting them all, you know, messed up. There was weeds coming up out of my garden. And when I woke up, God said, it is because of what you have been planting there, Bonnie. It is because of the choices of what you have been doing. You have been out in the world, and you have not taken your heart and allowed God to heal it. So what you're pouring out to people, you want to know why they want to walk out of your life? He said, but guess what? Here's the good news. I got to do it. Here's the good news. God will take the condition of your heart right where you're at, and he will begin to love you back to wholeness. He will begin to take everything that's happened, and he will turn it into a testimony. Amen? Amen. Let's look at Proverbs 23. Guard your heart above all else. Above what? Wow. For it determines the course of your life. That's a pretty powerful scripture. Amen? Why would God say that? Because what you say. Because what you do. Because who you become as an individual, as a person, it is a direct condition of your heart. Do not get it twisted. So you can tell yourself one thing, but what flows out of it, it will flow. Because you cannot give... I, I cannot give to you what I don't have for myself. Yes, I say it a lot, but I want you to understand that. If, if, who wants to be around somebody that does not love themselves? Who wants to be around somebody that cannot forgive themselves? But who wants to be around somebody who likes who they are? Huh? Who loves who they are? Who forgives themselves? Who, who would you choose to be around? Huh? Amen. Amen. Listen, you've got to understand the reason why God wants us to guard our heart. Because we've got to protect ourselves from the things that will come against the truth of the word of God. It affects the relationship that we have with God. And then it affects the relationship that we have with people. The word of God says this. That if you love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And then you love yourself. You love your neighbor as yourself. You fulfill the whole, the whole everything that God has called of you. So just let that resonate. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. That means receive everything that he says about you. And then love your neighbor. Look at your neighbor. Look at your neighbor. Look behind you. That's your neighbor. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Let's look at the next scripture. Now this, this, this really kind of throws it right out there, y'all. This is the truth. As a face is reflected in water, so the heart reflects the real person. <laughs> Ooh, can we say ouch? Yeah, can we say ouch? <laughs> There's a scripture that says you'll know a tree by its fruit. 
And so somebody can, can, can tell you that they are this, but, but your fruit will let them know what is really within your heart. So here's the good news for everybody in here. Hear me. If there is anybody in here where your heart is hurting, you know that you want to move beyond that place, God is here for you today. He wants to give you victory over any area of your heart that has been cut, slashed, diced, sliced, ripped open, torn apart. Why? Because he can. Amen? Amen. And see, here's the thing. Thank you. Many of us look to relationships to do that. Right? We look to spouses and we look to boyfriends and we look to sisters and we look to family members and we're so desperately wanting to be healed that we get angry when people don't give us what we feel like they should give us. But what we need to understand is, is that it is only God and only who he is that when he comes in and he closes our heart with everything that he is, when he permeates who he is, <laughs> it cannot help but flow. Amen? Oh, I just love him so. Because I, he did that for me. And he's doing that for me. That as I walk and I talk with Christ and I see areas of my life that are not Christ-like, he changes it because he loves me. And he wants me to love each and every one of you and the people in my life in a way that is pleasing to God. So let's look at this last scripture. Charm is deceptive. And beauty does not last. Sis, can I get an amen? Amen. Okay. But a woman who fears the Lord, she will be greatly praised. What, what does it mean to fear the Lord, women? It means to take God at his word. It means to reverentially apply it to your life and live it out. Because if you fear God, you are going to submit your heart and every single one of your ways so that he can go ahead and heal you. So make the decision. Past hurts, assaults, attacks, lies, or anything else that this world or anyone else in your life is trying to sell you above the transformative, freeing, healing, kick the devil in the teeth, word of God. Yeah, come on, come on now. I know that it's more than me that in this house today, God has brought you from here to here. He has changed you. Come on, sis. Come on, sis. We can all say I was once lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. And it is only because of his grace and mercy that I, that I am set free. So listen, let's take a look at the video of women from Hope Elam who are going to share their hearts with us about Mother's Day. for me is just allowing my children to fail. It is very difficult to step back and watch them navigate personal relationships with friends, their work and uh, school schedules and just difficult situations and not intervene. Throughout the whole journey, I think you just question yourself. Am I doing the right thing? Am I making the right meals? Am I laying the right expectations? Am I doing the best and what's going to be best for your kids? Especially when everything's coming at you, you know, the media, the culture, your friends, your family, everyone has an opinion on what you should do. As a mom, I want to pass on all the knowledge that I've gained during my life to my children. And it's hard not to try to mold them into my idea of who I want them to be instead of allowing them to become the person they're meant to be without putting my stamp of approval or disapproval on them for their choices. Being a mom is a huge blessing in my life. However, those of you that are moms or know a mom know that it is hard work every day. The youngest two are now ready to leave the house. The oldest three are already out of the home and just letting them go and live their own lives and not have them at home with me is hard. It's hard to watch them grow up and leave mom aside. The thing that became hard for me as a mother was knowing when to be motherly 
and knowing when to fall back and let God step in for my kids. For me, I still have a problem trying to jump in and tell them what they need to do versus stepping back and letting them be the children I know I've raised them to be. When you don't always have the answer, when your family has moved one or two times, like my family has moved from different states, it takes faith to know that God is going to provide the next church family, the loving church family that you need. Trust God. And I know that sounds like, it's really easy to say that, but I think there's this big idea that like moms need to have it all together and you don't have to, I don't have to have it all together. I don't have to do it all on my own. And he doesn't want us to, he wants us to do it with him and with each other. And I think learning that lesson has been huge for me. That it really does work to trust in the Lord and not lean to your own understanding. There have been situations I faced as a mom when my limited understanding could not see how things could possibly come out right. But when I stopped trying to fix things and pray that God's will would be done, the situation would just somehow miraculously right itself. I deal with a lot of worry, with depression, with anxiety. So I'm constantly worrying about my kids. And I've just had to learn to let go of that and have faith that God has things under control. God has allowed me to learn a love that extends beyond your good points, a love that loves you past the flaws, a love that loves you even when everything in life seems to be crashing down around me and you and our relationship right now. We're not seeing eye to eye. I don't agree with how you're doing, but I wake up tomorrow in the same way God gives me new mercies every day. I'm able still to extend that new mercy because of the growth I've had as a mother in my faith. Um, I still knew that he was in control and at the end of the day, somehow he was gonna work all things together for the good because he loved me and he loved them just as much. Amen. Stories within your own church of women. And something that um, I feel like threads through all of that is a trust in God. At the beginning when they were talking about what's hard about motherhood, what's hard about those things, it's almost like you could be reading Proverbs 31 as a to-do list with your identity not rooted in who God is. Am I making the right meals? Am I doing the right thing? Uh, I'm questioning myself. Uh, do I give my approval or God's approval? Why do I have the right to give any approval? <laughs> you know, like, ooh, our identity has to be in God. What lessons of faith? Trust God. I have to give him my anxiety. I have to give him the path that my children take. I have to release those things to you, God. And we, you saw a shift in that. You saw a shift in their posture and in their demeanor and in the way that they communicated, just like we have a shift in ourselves when we read Proverbs 31 as a gift that God has given us and a pathway versus a to-do list. It makes me think of like if, if Proverbs 31 is like a holistic picture of like women in the body of Christ, it makes me think of in Romans 12, um, starting in verse 6, it talks about the different giftings that people have. Let's read that together. The different giftings that people have. Romans 12, next slide. Let's read this together. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. What this scripture is giving is a beautiful picture 
of the church working together. What this scripture isn't saying is I'm going to sulk in self-pity that someone has the gift of teaching and I just am generous. Right? What this isn't saying is let me compare my gift and what I do and what I think God's called me to do to somebody else's gift for selfish gain. It's saying only when we are together, only when we produce selfless, godly kindness and love will we become a body of Christ that is beautiful in God's eyes. And women, you have a part to play in that. We have to surrender our gifts every day. We have to say, good job to people around us. We have to say, you can do it, or I see this in you. God taught me this, and it's through you. And I see that in so many places at Hope Elam. I participate in a lot of things around here. (laughs) But one place that I volunteer that is so near and dear to my heart is the worship team. Man, I love, I love praising God. And you know what? I'll let you know a secret. I don't do it by myself. There is a team of people that do it. And I will go so far to say, appropriately, we have really kick-butt women on that team. (laughs) And they're my friends. Because we've chosen to say yes to worshiping God alongside each other. Not just up here, but outside the walls of this space. We've chosen to say yes to, you sing differently than I do and that's okay. You play your instrument differently than I do and that's amazing. Man, you rocked that note for the glory of God, not because of anything that you produce yourself, but because God is working through you. I love the men on the worship team. I love Jed and Deshaun and Kyle and all the other dudes. But where it's at for me is Thursday nights at worship rehearsal when my husband John texts at 9.30 and is like, hey, is worship rehearsal like still happening? Because, uh, are you okay? Yeah. I'm sitting with my ladies and taking all of my emotions of my week, of my day, of my year. And they're choosing to say yes to me in sitting before the Lord with them. So all of us, but specifically to the women today, where are you at today in your journey of faith in serving in ministry at Hope Elam? This is not a pressure call. This is just, I mean, I just got emotional about a few women that I get to see when I volunteer once a month. (laughs) Like... Man, we need you. Not for what you do, but who you are. Not for what you do, but who you are. And that is Proverbs 31. When the overflow of our heart is our true identity in God, we live out being a virtuous woman and we give that gift to other people. We give that gift to other people. Now on Mother's Day, oftentimes... We turn to our neighbor and we say, Happy Mother's Day. And you'll notice, and it's been intentional, that today we have not done that. Because Bonnie and I have a sincere heart towards knowing people's stories. And so today, instead of turning to any woman and saying, Happy Mother's Day, without knowing what that means to them and the story behind it for them, We want to right now, after you've heard everything this morning, who we are in Christ, that we are a reflection of our heart, the overflow of our heart, right? We want everyone to take a sincere moment and turn to your neighbor and say, bring who you are to this community because that's what we need. Turn to your neighbor and say that. Bring who you are to this community because that's what we need.
If you don't know your neighbor and that feels uncomfortable, just turn to them and say, bring it. <laughs> Everybody say, bring it. That's right. God loves you unconditionally, and he wants you to bring it. If you're a mom, bring it. If you're an aunt, bring it. If you're living a life with a limp right now, bring it. <laughs> if you're overwhelmed with joy, bring it. Wherever you are, bring it. Because I can only speak for myself, and I know just from what Bonnie has told me, that we have had women that have brought it to us. And in order for us to be where we're at in life, we needed other people to bring it. So Bonnie's going to share some three amazing stories about women that have brought it here as we close. That was super fun. Bring it. I love it. <laughs> when I was saying earlier that women, we need each other. Please understand that when we come to a life of Christ or we recognize that something needs to change, God has the patience to let that work through. Amen? And so as we're working that through, we need each other to be able to, like she said, encourage each other. Bring wherever you're at. And what I want to do is just share with you very, very quickly three women in my life who have done exactly that and have made an incredible impact on my life. So the first one is my beautiful mother. This is my mother, Ruth Ann. Love you, Mom. <laughs> my mother was an example of a woman that was graced, uh, clothed with grace and dignity. She was a woman that, after my father and her divorced, she raised three kids, myself and my brother and sister, on her own. And I remember watching that no matter what she did, no matter how tired she was, she made these incredible moral decisions to be able to run our household in a way that we would want to praise her, that we would want to honor her. And no matter how tired she was, she would come home and she would let us know how much she loves us. And what I love about her is, is that she taught me about that go-gettedness. I remember as we got older, she turned to me and said, you know, I would really like to be more educated. And I said, well, what you gonna do, mom? What you gonna do? <laughs> and she said, I'm gonna go back to college. So my mother, Went back to college and got two bachelor degrees, summa cum laude, at the same time. That wasn't enough. She had to go on and get her master's degree. She's got her real estate license, but above all of that, even at age 80, when I get on the phone with her, she's talking about the love that she has for the body of Christ and that she is still serving the community. And always at the end of the call, she's always now telling me how proud she is of the relationship that I have with Christ and the difference that I'm making in my community. So thank you, Mom. <laughs> what, a, what a special lady. Amen? Amen, family? My former mother-in-law, Lessie. There wouldn't be enough time for me to be able to tell you all of the lessons that her life taught me. But one of the things that I want to tell you that she impressed upon, and you can probably see the smile on her face, is that the part of the scripture that says that she laughed at the future to come. Miss Lessie always had a smile on her face. She always had a desire to giggle and laugh. And what that did was it taught me is that, ladies, come on now, with the lives that we live, sometimes it's heavy, right? And we can tend to kind of get a seriousness about us. And what Miss Lessie taught me is I need to enjoy life. I need to take the very moment of the very day and no matter what is going on to be able to stop and say, but God loves me, he's for me, and to be able to, to just laugh at the fear of the future, to be able to know that God has got me. And I'll tell you one story <laughs> that stood out to me. One day I made the mistake of telling her and mentioning to her her age. You, you don't ever do that. And she did in her Lessie Mae fashion. She put her hand on her hip and she said, who are you calling old, honey? And the next thing I know, she says, you see them set of stairs? She said, I'll race you up them. <laughs> and this woman at 65 chased me up the stairs, and guess who won? <laughs> when my life is at a point where sometimes it feels heavy, you know what God does? He brings back the remembrance of her smile. He brings back the remembrance of her laughter. And he reminds me that when your heart is anchored in the rock-solid relationship of Jesus Christ, Everything, everything is going to be all right. Now, the last woman that I want to share with you, this woman's name is Sevilla Flood. This is her husband, David. 
the reason why this woman is so special to me is because when God called me to be in ministry, and he said, Bonnie, I want you to go into the nursing homes. I want you to go to the prisons. I want you to go uh, to the hospitals. Um, you can't be concerned about what anybody thinks. She was not concerned about the praise of man. Are you with me? Because nobody saw her. But can I tell you who did see her? And so what happened was is that she wanted to honor the Lord and she felt called into the missionary work. So in 1921, this woman and her husband goes to the African Congo. And every village that they came to, no matter where they came, the tribe leaders would not let them in. They said, we are afraid that your God is going to offend the gods that we serve. But on the very last tribe, exhausted as they were, they built this little hut and the tribe leader let one little boy come out and sell them eggs and, and chickens. And so what did Sevilla do? What did she do? She was faithful to God. And every day that little boy sat down on her lap and she said, Jesus loves you. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. And she would talk to this little boy about Jesus Christ. And guess what happened? He never spoke a word back to her. She had no idea whether or not what she believed God had called her to be faithful to was making a difference. So she gets pregnant and malaria takes over. She births a little baby girl. And three weeks later, she dies, never, ever, ever knowing or seeing the fruit of her labor. So her husband buries her in the side of a mountain, and his heart broke. He takes his little girl, Aggie, and he says to an American missionary couple, you need to take her and raise her because I, I just can't do it. So fast forward. In South Dakota, this young lady goes to a college. She meets a young man. They get married. And she says, listen, I feel like I'm being called into the missionary work knowing what her family had done. So they go to England, right? And they're at this missionary convention. And this young man is speaking fluently about being um, converted to Jesus Christ, you know, in the African Congo. And now he's telling all of the convention that because of what those folks did, he was able to go into every village and bring every single soul to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. So Aggie is drawn to this young man. And when everything is over, she walks up and she says, oh, I've got to ask you a question. She said, my mom and dad, they were over in the African Congo. Do, do you happen to, to know them? Do you, have you heard of them? And this man with tears in his eyes, speaking fluently in French with an interpreter, he said, Madame, I am that little boy. And he said, I want you to know that because of your mother's faith, because of your mother's fear of the Lord to do what she had been called to do. He said, not only did I come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, but every single village. And he said, and over 110,000 people in the African Congo has come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Why am I telling you that? Because as Tiffany and I said, whatever God has called you to do for his purpose, get your heart healed. Let him be your anchor. Come and do the work that he has called you to do because all you have to do is reach one. And the word of God says all of heaven rejoices over one heart that has been changed to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Can I ask you this question? Would it be worth it? Oh, come on, we could do better than that. Would it be worth it? Hallelujah. A virtuous woman, one who is spiritual, capable, intelligent, and strong. Who can find her? Her value is more precious than jewels and rubies. Strength and dignity are her clothing, and her position is strong and secure. She smiles and laughs at the future. Charm is deceptive, and beauty is fading. But a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Let us stand and let us prepare our hearts for worship. Amen.
Thanks so much for joining us. To find out more about Hope Elam, follow us on Instagram at hope.elam or visit our website at hope-elam.org.